Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Park. Go to BillPark.com and use promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sharks, your daily source of everything choppy boy. Uh, unlike previous four months when the Sharks weren't doing anything, but we are five days a week, we are dropping down to three days a week because this is the quote-unquote offseason. Uh, and so we are just going to do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. If we have um, a guest or anybody to... Or anything that needs to get moved around a little bit, we'll, we'll slide it around. But uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday should be the schedule going forward for November and most likely December. And then in January when the NHL boots back up or starts getting in the swing of things, we will also boot back up. So all of your Locked On shows across the network will be uh, three days a week going forward for this month and next month. But we still have content to get through. And much like the last uh, three weeks where we've taken a little bit of a deeper dive into uh, Weisblatt, Bortolo, and Robbins. We will be going with the fourth pick this year uh, that they made in Daniil Gushin, which Eric has informed us because of his elite prospects membership that it is Gushin, not Gooskin or Guskin or however else you want to say it. So I'm your host, Kyle Demetrius. Back with me are Eric and JD. And uh, Gushin is a diminutive Russian forward, and that's all I know. So Eric, please go forward. He was. Uh, I was so excited when the Sharks when the Sharks drafted him. I think I think I think he was my favorite Sharks draft pick in the past draft. Like I, I like all of them, but like he was by far the one where I was like, they did it. Yeah. They did it. <laughs> yeah. So you were uh, figuratively and literally hard uh, when they made this choice. And at our group chat, we were they took Bortolo and then I took they took Robbins and you had sent some sad text messages to JD and I that you thought the dream was over. Um, Gundler got picked too, and so you thought like for sure none of the guys you super wanted were were gonna be there. So you thought the dream was dead, and then when Gushkin got traded or got drafted, I'm pretty sure JD put in like like Gushin in all caps or something, and neither of us were paying attention at that point. JD was the only one that knew that he actually got taken, and we were just like continuing on with the chat. And then JD circles back, he's like, "No, the Sharks actually took Gushin." We we're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what?" And then we didn't hear from you for a couple hours. Will you? uh Went to the store, got some, got some lube, (laughs) a candle, a candle, turn the lights down low. Now, now I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, Yes. I saw JD text that and I was like, yeah, yes, no, correct. Like I like him. And then we just kept, we just kept going. (laughs) I didn't realize that it actually happened. Yeah. And I didn't either. JD was the only one that knew what was going on. (laughs) We just completely ignored it. We're like, yeah, we know. Gushin. So, to be fair, it was going on like hour four of the same shit on like a Tuesday afternoon or something or whatever it was. So I don't. That was a long day. It was so that was so dumb. That was so dumb. That was like the best draft class ever and the worst draft experience ever. I had no business paying attention to any of that, but I did, and so here we are, <laughs> talking about <laughs> Daniel. Talking about Daniel. Yeah, apparently, uh, his first name is also only spelled with one I. So in most oh. official places, it's D-A-N-I-I-L, but apparently it's only one I. So the dude has just been rocking out to a misspelled and mispronounced name for months. I wonder if that was just because he plays for Muskegon, right, in the USHL. Yeah, yeah, so I wonder if yeah. that was just like an Americanization of his first name and it's really I-I? Maybe, but like why would you, I don't know, why would you like say that all of a sudden i feel like that's like the i don't know who who knows maybe 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 that's the case but 
It was written with two eyes forever, everywhere, and now he's like, nah. No, Daniel has two eyes on Elite Prospects. I, just I know, but, but it's wrong. He said, he said after the, like on draft day or the day after, in an interview, like an official interview, he was like, yeah, it's only one eye. Oh, also on Elite Prospects, it has Daniel Gushian with two eyes and an AKA Daniel Gushian with one eye. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, 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 that's how they. <laughs> it's so funny how they picked their their like nicknames for players. Um. But yeah, anyway, like you said, Gushin is is um he's five foot eight, one hundred sixty seven pounds according to the prospects. Yeah, he's he is actually like a lot of times people go, oh, that prospect is kind of small, but he's just short. Like Gushin is is is, is a small a small dude. Um, he's shorter than you are, right? Got him. Yeah, I mean, I'm six. JD foot, nodded so. for the podcast. This is a this is this is an <laughs> yeah. audio medium, and JD nodded. <laughs> I'll be the translator. Yeah, like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we'll, I'm six we'll foot. So like, yeah, most of draft. Yeah, most of draft. The Sharks draft picks were actually are shorter than I am. So, right. Which is it's still it's still crazy to see people be like, oh, he's five foot eleven, so he's a bit undersized. I'm like, no, they're all five eleven. Like the entire NHL is five eleven. Like I don't know what this isn't like small anymore. But bunch of short boys. Short no, t- no time for the shrimp post. Actually, they have full time for the shrimp post. Full um, time for the shrimp post. I only asked that because JD is the shortest of the three of us, and I didn't, I couldn't remember if JD was five ten or six feet, and who was one of the two. <laughs> so that's rude. Um, <laughs> Gushin is taking a <laughs> a uh, a fairly unusual path in that he is staying in the USHL again. So. The reason I say that is because the USHL is, is um, generally guys go play there if they want to go play in the American college system. And so they'll play a year there and get drafted while they're in the USHL and have already committed to a big program. But he's not going the college route because I think his other plan was to go to the OHL. So it looks like he's just going to play another play another year in the USHL. And maybe, maybe he wants to go to college. I don't know. But anyway. It's just yeah. If you look at if you look at elite day. prospects, yeah. um, it says that he's playing Niagara Ice Dogs OHL twenty 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 one, which we know is wrong. Yeah, exactly. Muskegon just sent out an announcement saying he's coming back. So elite prospects just hasn't hasn't updated it. We'll uh, we'll scoop him later on the twits on the bird. Um. Anyway, Gushin is kind of like the ultimate no floor, super crazy high ceiling prospect. <laughs> I think, and I think that's where you. You have to, um, well, no, but you know, that, that gets thrown around a lot, but I feel like because a player is this small, he's either just not going to ever be big enough or strong enough to make it anywhere near the NHL or like he's going to make it and he's going to absolutely kill it. So, um, one, one of the models is Connor Young, who I just, I just encountered on, uh, on draft day, which was great. Um, created a model called Apple where he the the research and the technology he used was to sort of try to see the most likely paths to the NHL that players might take based on where they're drafted and how many points they put up and that sort of thing. And so unfortunately, his most likely path is, is to go play in college and it's all screwed up because it doesn't expect anyone to go back to the USHL. So I have no idea when he's going to hit the NHL. Um, his ceiling, which is top line forward, according to that, that model, he has an 11% chance of hitting it. So again... Big swing, but if he hits it, it'd be amazing. Um, Byron Bader's hockey prospecting model gives him a 45% chance of making the league and a 10% chance of becoming a star producer, which are both solid numbers. He ranked 70th of 
200, almost 300 forwards on Simo to Perry's model, which kind of combines a bunch of different, uh, different mini model, micro models, I guess, to come up with like an overall rating for the player. Uh, and then finally, we're going to get into some more scouting reports, but I wanted to read Will Scouch's because uh, that one, that one um, really gets me going. He said, one of the most exciting players available. His two-way game is underrated. His results were excellent. He scores and sets up some highlight real goals, and he could easily come out as one of the steals of the draft if he can get a bit stronger on his feet and cut down on the mental lapses with the puck to keep his transition game a bit simpler at times. So, dude is a firecracker. Needs to hit the gym, needs to eat some built bars, uh, and needs to kind of be in the best home. shape of his life. Yeah, be in the best shape of his life, basically. And he could kill it. And he needs to bulk up. So what what should he what should he eat, JD, in order to so, uh, get bigger? So our boy Neil hates to grab himself a built bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. They come in 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, so it's soft and easy to chew. Built bars are great for health-conscious people or if you want to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. They come in great flavors like coconut almond, which has 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And right now, when you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Gushin is 165 uh, pounds. He needs to be at least 175 uh, Built Bar fueled protein added pounds. Yeah, I, I agree. So so I think if you're bulking, you have to like eat your body weight in grams of protein, right? So he should have to he should be trying to eat like 170 grams of protein every day. I don't know how many grams of protein is in one built bar, but that strikes me as like a lot, like a lot of bars. So I hope he eats uh, some 17 and grams stuff. of protein. Okay. Well, you so, need to eat 10 built bars a day. That's yep. crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nothing but so. built Built bar, send send this man some boxes ASAP, please. Please, you should do like team is dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do strong prospects. Um, he should do what like Homer does on the uh, Mountain of Madness episode where he climbs the mountain and everything is more powerful in bar form, and just yep. should combine them all down into one single bite sized bar. Like with the spaghetti, not <laughs> the spaghetti in bar form. Hello, hospital. You I think I'm having a heart attack. It. False. Anyway. Do you think they have the Simpsons in Russia? Of course they do. Simpsons are everywhere. So Gushin. He hasn't been in Russia for like two years. Maybe he goes home during the summer. But uh, he's been in Muskegon since 2018-19 season. Might as well be in Russia living in Muskegon. I guess that's true. It's not that far out there. It is pretty. I feel like the the like, um, the like Wisconsin slash Michigan tundra is uh, pretty, pretty <laughs> for, for both place. Yeah, it it's is. almost like being in Siberia, I suppose. Yeah, um, Siberia of America. <laughs> the Siberia of America, except it's smack dab in the middle of the country. I would say the Siberia of America is probably like Montana. There's like so Iowa? much nothingness out there. Oh no, no oh, oh no, or like North Dakota. North Dakota, yes. I feel like the population ratio to to land mass of the state is just like nothing. Wyoming, Nebraska. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. If you need we, to banish you someone, you guys just need to make one Super Dakota. Super <laughs> yeah, I don't know why there's two of them. It's kind of I guess like 50 is a nice round number, but Puerto Rico is like 51 technically, sort of. So, 
Who knows, man? Locked on states? Locked on, locked on American geography. But I, by American, I mean like North American, not just U.S. American. We can, we can talk provinces too. And Mexico has states, so we'll keep it, we'll keep it real with all three of them. Neat. Um, so, Gushin. So, JD, yeah. did you, does he have, does he have some video? I, I honestly have watched like a bit of Will Scouch's video, I think, but, uh, but, uh, I haven't watched much other than that, but I'm still so excited about him. We're, we're both watching. We're all watching Sunday Night Football, and so Kyle and JD were like motioning to the screen, and I was talking, and I'm like watching. Carson Wentz just threw like a 65-yard interception. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> the dude just loves, just loves absolutely chucking it. Speaking of absolutely chucking it, those home run passes are like what the Sharks did with his Gushin pick. Absolute home run swing of a pick. JD, tell us about uh, the video you watched because this dude sounds absolutely electric even though I've never seen him play a minute of hockey in my life. If you like guys who create offense off the Russian transition, this is your dude. Um, So most of his clips are doing just that where he is either like, you know, intercepting a pass like Wentz, uh, a Wentz thrown pass and uh, streaking to the goal or his breakaways or just kind of off broken plays uh he this is your guy so um does a good job of getting to the front of the net and he's got soft hands he's able to make the goalies look silly um you know knows when to make the right pass to his teammates especially on breakaways uh or like two-on-one situations and then if he needs to shoot or make the right pass the he seems like he's got a, a nice shot um i just i don't know how his offense looks like in just normal like offense you know if you're like cycling the puck and stuff and then how does he look in there because there's not much like on that it's mostly just um him scoring on on really nice transition plays which you know that's that is a skill in the nhl um not much for his defense from what i read from his uh from his scouting reports uh which i'm sure we'll get into it seems like if they don't have the puck he really doesn't care uh, which which sick Yes, um, that, that's that's the thing. Um, but when they when their team is going and their offense is going, um, he can really light it up. So, yeah, not too much. I mean, we're getting to that point now where a lot of guys where it's just going to be a couple minutes of film here and there to clip together. So, he uh, it seems like he falls in line with the rest of the draft class. Where it's we need guys who are going to be high offensive end talent, possibly. And we'll just see where the chips fall, and hopefully one of them pans out. So he just fits yes. right into the rest of the class, where Which it's like great. score some goals. This is yeah, I, like good work, Doug Wilson Jr. Finally, finally, we're. I feel like we've um, been we've had enough camera. We've been talking about improvements they should be making to their draft process for years, and now and now they're there. Um, well, it's just you can find the fourth line, third right. line guys right. that play some yep. defense and penalty kill. It's harder to find the guys that are gonna pot you twenty five goals for five straight years. So I'm for it. I personally, and I mean, he's five, eight, what defense is he going to play anyway? Yeah, that's true. I wonder what kind of defense Alex to bring it plays. Um, uh, zero to none. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, so, so funnily enough, we, we did a, a blind prospect. Ooh, scattering report small boy taste test? Yeah, we did. We did with, with Gushin and we paired him with Theodore Niederbach, Theodore, Theodore Niederbach. I can't read. Um, Went, and and we, we we all pretty much preferred Gushin's 
Scouting reports over his. Niederbach <laughs> went 51 to Detroit, and Gushin went 67 to San Jose. So we either will be geniuses or fired from our scouting jobs, depending on how these two guys pan out. Because we were <laughs> we were like, take the guy take the guy who went 67 for sure. Um, to, to be fair though, Detroit has a sick prospect pool, so Teddy needs has a little bit more of insulation uh, to get there. Whereas Gushin is kind of like like JD said at the top, my team is dying. Please help. Yes. Right. Well, the exciting thing is he could potentially play in the AHL next year, which is fun because not a lot he's of a guys. Rusky? No, no, it doesn't matter where, what country you're from. It depends on just your depends birth. on what um, league you're playing in. So yeah. the only thing that precludes people from playing in the AHL younger than age 20 is if they are in the CHL because of the CHL NHL agreement. But if you're playing in Europe, if you're playing the USHL, if you're playing in college, well, in college you're not going to go, but. Um, you can play directly in the AHL when you're younger than 20. So he could, that's um, what I'm assuming he's going to do is play USHL one more year and then just go to the Barracuda after that because what's the point? So yes, he could he could fast track if he blows up again, which he should in the USHL, and then does take that route where he's with the Sharks organization already, um, then he could certainly fast track into the league depending on how many built bars he eats between now and then. Eric, did you have some scattering reports that you wanted to kind of go over again? Kind of. Yeah. I'll read. I'll read them. I'll read them. They're you know they're good. Some of them are good. Some of them are good. Um, I have to make sure I have the right player here because I put like player A and player B next to all of them, and I have to make sure that I'm he, reading. Yeah. Uh, right. He. While you look those up, last year he had 47 points in 42 games, mm-hmm. which was an improvement on his previous season where he only had 36 points in 51 games, um, and scored six more goals. So. The Sharks were looking. It was became very obvious that the Sharks were looking for goal scorers this year, yes, and wanted guys who could who could provide potential. And he obviously is increasing his goal scoring. So I think it would be nice if they play a a forty ish game season if he could at least get to the twenty five twenty six mark, if not thirty. Yeah, and then also with his, he played a lot of for the net, like Russian national team, and he. Uh, he put up five goals in 12 games last year and then also did a nice job the year before where he they played in the U-17 and U-18 teams, but he was putting up plenty of goals. And I think he led uh, the Russian team in some, one of those one of those years as well. So, yeah, yeah. This, this man's a goal scorer is what he yes. does. He so, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, lo- I'm looking at previous USHL years. This is all way too far back, but it looks like. Um, we want him around a point per game, which he, which he already was. So we want him to just, just keep pushing what he had, look for him to score a lot of points, and don't worry too much that he's in a weird league because it's a weird year. he can get into the Sharks organization faster. So yeah. Um, in terms of scouting reports, the two that I drew from were Ben Kerr of Last Word on Hockey and Bill Plazic from Draft Site. Um, so offense. Outstanding hands. He can make plays while moving at top speed. He can also stick handle in a phone booth. I really want to see that. I love when people talk about that. I want to see someone stick handling in a phone booth. Making a number of (laughs) nifty dangles or slick moves in tight spaces. It is very difficult to contain in one-on-one situations as a result. I mean, thoughts, comments, guys? That sounds great. Yes, good. Yes, more of that, please. I I do. I don't think I, can anyone stick handle in a phone booth. I guess it's like those little small bars where you put on the ice and kind of sling the puck underneath. Well, he does actually. I was reading. He actually uses a smaller stick, so he might be able to stick handle in a phone booth because he has smaller mm, small sticks. That's so. true. That's true. He is five eight one seventy. So 
That yeah. is, he he might Daniel Gushin in a phone booth. Okay, Kyle, really quick, what does advantage of using a small stick for a guy like that? What does that do for him? Uh, he uh, he's just short. <laughs> <laughs> he, he probably just uses the the regular height stick that he normally does. So, uh. Longer stick just gives you better, re- bigger reach, and you can you can play with the puck more. Like Yarmur Yager used a massive stick, and he could dangle a little bit farther away from his body. Using a short stick just means that keeps he keeps the puck like really close to his body and has really really like uber control. So if he's got really good hands, um, and has a short stick, he's just going to keep it super close to his body and be able to move the puck pretty quickly around by his skates. But he honestly probably just uses like a regular size stick for his height, <laughs> but it just looks short because he's five eight. In all honesty, and normally a guy who is five eight would use like a a stick that's made for like a six foot person, sort of deal. Um, so he it just means he it doesn't really mean that much to be honest with you. It would be more newsworthy if he had a long stick. So I feel like <laughs> it's like he's like a seven foot stick. <laughs> yeah, like the Zidane stick. Carry a long stick. Yeah, it's I, all it's all about the long stick. Nobody wants a short stick. So so the long stick. So I feel like. He might be hard to pick up sometimes on like highlight reels because, like you said, he's not going to like dangle way far away from his body. No, everything is done like everything up up close and tight. Yeah, so you can't really see it Um, unless it's like really slowed down. So I look forward to like ultra slow motion replays of Daniel Gushin moving forward. The NBC it cam from Monday Night Football. Yeah, exactly. Just like er, er, er. (laughs) Um, all right. He has a quick release on his wrist shot and is very accurate. His shot could use more power. Womp womp womp. In order to score from further out, as he currently scores the majority of his goals in tight. He also has the quick hands to beat the goalie in tight. So that was more of what we just sort of talked about, Kyle, where like everything you see him is right up in literally in his wheelhouse. And you're not going to maybe get super highlight reel where he's making defensemen miss, but he's just going to be able to hang on to the puck as a result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he's just a small guy, so... Johnny Godreau comes to mind as like a small guy who has dangles and stuff like that. So he's just a small guy who uses a, sm- a smaller size stick and keeps the puck on his stick. So um, all good things because he scores. It would be different if he was getting absolutely pawned out by dudes, but he's putting the puck in the net. So I don't really, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about what he's doing. He probably just needs to get stronger because Jeff Petrie is six, five and wants to tear his head off. Is Jeff Petrie that big? I didn't I realize so. he was that big. I thought he was one of the, the shorter, like you know, the new, the newish era, like six foot, puck moving dudes who weren't Jeff, like Jeff Petrie, six three. Game. He's also not new. He's thirty three. Damn, dude! I yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Dude, time flies when this year has lasted for a decade. Oh man! All right, all right, that's true. You're right. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Okay, there are a few negatives. So generally, they come down to his defense. So the first one is that he needs to be more consistent with his defensive game. Uh, There are times when he is dogged in chasing down loose pucks and trying to create a turnover by stealing the puck from an opponent. So there's that one. And then he doesn't give an honest effort when the puck is on the opponent's stick, and that needs to improve radically. So he can be kind of lazy, and also he plays maybe a bit of a risky defensive game where he's trying to like make the turnover play at the blue line rather than just be in position. Um, So I think... You're getting a pretty clear picture here. Crazy offensive talent needs to work on defense a bit, but he's not going to be playing in like a defensive bottom six role ever. So maybe it's not a huge deal. Needs to eat a lot of protein um, and is taking sort of a bizarre path to the Sharks, but that might actually end up letting him get to the organization faster. 
So tons to be excited about here. Look for a huge campaign in the USHL whenever it restarts. And um, let us know if you have any questions about Gushin or any of these other prospects based on what we've read and numbers that we've looked at and um, anything else we try to pull out of our asses. And we're um, gonna we're gonna have more on uh, our newfound love, Daniel Gushin, this week yeah. because we're hoping to have head coach Mike Hamilton, uh, head coach of the Muskegon, uh, Mike Hamilton, on um, this week to talk more in depth because he would be the man who knows about short sticks and what Daniel's doing in phone booths uh, more than us. So he should be on this week. So we'll we'll, we'll break down we'll break down Daniel a little bit more. Yeah. Otherwise, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. We look forward to hanging out with you three times a week for the foreseeable future because this has been a long offseason. If you need to get a hold of any one of us, please email us at lockedonsharks at gmail.com. We reply within 24 hours or your money back. Um, if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it might be a little bit of a faster response. We are at lockedonsharks on Twitter. Kyle is at Kyle Demetrius. JD is at my fry hole. I'm at foul ball 15 and we all spend way too much time on there. So come chat with us about the sharks until then. Have Still a wonderful vote. evening. Yeah, that too. Please vote. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.